Welcome back to Inside Four Walls. To the 9 o'clock upload, I am, as always, your host, James Madison. And before I get into the general mid, uh, midterm results and updates about some of the uncalled elections, I wanted to address something I've been hearing a lot lately. So, you know, there's a lot of YouTubers I'm subscribed to from Jimmy Dore, Tim Pool, Stephen Crowder, The Quartering, Dave Smith, so on and so forth. There's just a lot of Doomer bullshit being spread out. Even Matt Walsh and Ben Shapiro over the Daily Wire saying, Oh, this election was a disaster. Oh, boo, 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 boo. You know, we, I can't believe what an embarrassing turnout for, for Republicans. This was an absolute loss. There's been so much bellyaching by a bunch of fucking sore winners. It's kind of fucking disgusting. <laughs> sure. It wasn't the red washout victory we expected. You wanted a bloodbath. You wanted revenge. I was right there with you. Uh, electoral revenge. For any purpose of the algorithm. Now, sure, you didn't get it. But you got you didn't get the red tsunami, but you got the red high tide. Look at this. We got a couple of elections right here that haven't been called yet. For U.S. Senate. And you see right here... 48 we only need 51 to have the majority here <clears throat> we got two boom and boom which are already red they're just waiting to be called now right here with Herschel Walker and uh what's it called Raf uh Raphael Warnock this is expected to be a runoff where there's some people already predicting we'll get in articles that Herschel Walker is going to win that's the three you need right there for the majority and with Arizona you know <sighs> Mixed reports coming out of it, but it's looking, if I'm being real, it's looking like Mastriano's going to lose, right? Is it Blake Masters? My apologies. There's a lot of Master or something something in, in these races. Mastriano, uh, Mastersons, um, Masters. It's an interesting line to have those. Now, again, we already have two that are guaranteed to go our way as of right now, with Georgia possibly going our way. And Arizona possibly changing a little bit with the elections coming out. Though I'm not going to cross my, my uh, fingers too hard for Arizona. But as you can see, we took the lead. We lost one, gained one, whatever. We still won 46 to 48. With two yet to be called, giving us at bare minimum 50 guaranteed. Hop over to the house, right? Look at this blowout. Are you shitting me? And hold on. And even on an even smaller level this early in the year, things like precinct delegates got voted on. Overwhelmingly red. Precinct delegates across this country got elected. Overwhelming majority of it was GOP. There is a lot of movement on the really micro local political level to the more broader state level and federal level. There's, a, there's moves going on. And sure, you may not have gotten the red wave. You, you were, And I get it. We were all promised a red wave. Tons of polls were predicting it. Now, to be fair, about two months ago, polls were, were predicting something <coughs> similar to this. However, you know, leading up to the midterms, there's a big spike in reporting. And despite my better judgment, I kind of got into the hyper. I was like, oh, yeah, this could be a red wave. Now, I did hazard myself a little bit, but not enough to, not, not enough to you know, not be like, oh, this is going to happen. I had my doubts, but I definitely ran with it like it was like it was going to be a thing that happened, like it was going to be a big red wave. 
but it was certainly a great red victory. I don't understand the uh, the belly aching about it. It confuses me, I should say. Just look at how red Michigan is. Florida had a huge red wave. Texas had a red wave. Greg Abbott and uh, uh, Ron DeSantis, Ron DeSantis, took their elections in droves, unquestioned. Even Stacey Abrams surrendered. She was expect everyone was expected to do what she did last time, where she went on a crime about uh, election fraud. Not this time. She just ooped, surrendered. 207 GOP in the House of Representatives to 148 Dems. We gained six seats there. They lost eight. That is a fucking win, my friends. Now let's have over here to Governor. <coughs> we have a couple races. Is that a? I, yep. Okay. As I thought, representatives were all called. Now, look at this. 24 governors to 20, uh, 22 Dems. We're also going to get to a story about a dead Democrat, Laporto, who got elected to office. Fucking keck. Now, 24 GOP to 22 Dem. And we still have a couple of elections waiting to be called right here. Boom. We have the Mike Dunleavy and uh, Les Gara elections going on. As you can see, definitely going to go red. That is an abysmal blowout in Alaska. And mind you, in the special elections just a few months ago, where Sarah Palin was running to be governor in a special election held in California. Or, sorry, California had a special election. Completely different. That was with Larry Elders versus Gavin Newsom. That was a recall election. In Alaska, they had a special election. Because uh, I believe somebody resigned or passed away. I can't remember directly right now. We'll probably look into it down the road. Uh, we reported on it when it happened. I'm just blanking out. So it was a couple months ago, at least six months ago. Lots happened since then. Now, Democrats blew it out. They won the special election. And now, Republicans swept Alaska. Look at U.S. Senate, red. House of Representatives, oh, blue, okay. Oh. Moving on. I have to look into that. I wasn't expected to see zero, zero. Moving on. <laughs> we have elections waiting to be called that are still going red. It's not Lombardo. Who's, uh, hold on. Uh, hold on. Not to get too into spoilers, but it was, uh, Tony DeLuca. That's the dead Democrat who got elected to office, but we'll get into that in a minute. We'll get into that in a minute. But as you can see, the race isn't over yet. There's two spots waiting to be called for the Republicans. And let's see what's going on in these Democrats' uh, cities. Pretty wide gap. And... Mm. See, this is the one that we've been keeping an eye on. Because Carrie Lake is expected to win. In fact, if she doesn't win, there is going to be a lot of questions. It's going to be asked by a lot of GOP and possibly independents as well as libertarians. Because you got to remember, libertarians, there was a libertarian who quit running for governor just to endorse Carrie Lake and Masters. I'm saying, man, there's going to be a lot of people very confused about what happens. Carrie Lake's a Freedom Party, a Freedom Caucus member, too. I believe. I might be wrong, but I believe she's Freedom Caucus. But there's people predicting that she's going to win this. There's also a lot of people saying she's going to lose. We'll look into that more. But as you can see, just from this alone, it has not been this big, miserable blowout. We should be quite happy with what happened. 
Especially if, like, you know, things we covered in an earlier episode I recorded. The episode I recorded. We covered some interesting stuff on election day. Machines going down, breaking down, running out of paper, Dominion being called in last minute to fix it, polling station suddenly shutting down, lines wrapping around the building, people being told they had to write their ballots on a piece of, you know, fill in a little piece of paper, throw it into a box. A lot of really sketchy things were happening. We'll leave a link to this episode in the description below. Now let's get into the articles as we move on. Oh, sorry. Last thought on this before we move on to the articles. People are reporting like this was a big, embarrassing loss for the GOP, and it really wasn't. It wasn't a historical landslide we all expected, and a lot of people are rightfully angry. But because you're rightfully angry, don't turn this into this sappy, oh, b- 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 bullshit. Remember, when Trump lost and, and all it was was a big fucking sob fest, we lost Georgia and about two other states in a, in a midterm election, or a sudden election they had there. Because people did not turn out to vote because they were demoralized. The whole 2020 voter fraud thing is just demoralizing as all hell. And here's the thing for the GOP. They really want to win and get the investigations. And I agree. These claims need to be investigated. My take on voter fraud. I'll agree there was voter fraud and election interference. But uh, my definition of it is probably a little bit different than a lot of people's. However, if you want to get that investigation, you people have to move on past it. The person single-handedly hurting the GOP the most right now and promoting the GOP the most right now is honestly Donald Trump. <laughs> now, when it comes down to promote the, evo- the election fraud thing, it starts with a lot of issues. And you need to talk about protecting future elections. You need to go out and vote. Vote to overwhelm the machines. Vote to make them work extra hard to rig it for us to lose. You need- that's the message you need to push if you're really going to sell the voter fraud thing. You have to push the, we must overwhelm it so they can't out-fraud us. Blah, 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 that kind of thing. But instead, he went like a turtle and went inward and got all sad. and was like, oh, it's over. You know, I was, I'm going to keep fighting, but I'm leaving the White House and this is sad. Oh. Let's face it, man. The end of four years with Trump, that shit ended the pandemic all the way up to January 6th. You know, it was a ride that got out of hand, but still was not a good end to a presidency that started off so, with so much fun and, and hope. Like, dude, beginning of it, blast. Everything after the pandemic and onward with Trump has... I don't know, man. It's been weirdly sad. That's just my take on it. However, we have articles to get into. Trump will be in them, of course. Now, let's talk about this dead Democrat that got elected, shall we? This is sort of an off story. Democrat re-elected by landslide in Pennsylvania even though he's dead. Win by longtime state representative Tony DeLuca, who died last month, triggers special election that will be held on, held on a later date. Wonder how this goes. A longtime Pennsylvania Pennsylvania state representative was re-elected in a landslide, even though he died last month. Democrat Tony DeLuca, Pennsylvania's longest-serving state representative, was the choice in more than 85% of the votes cast. DeLuca, 85, died on the 9th of October from lymphoma disease he had twice and previously fended off. By the time of his death, it was too late. <coughs> it was too late to change the ballot or put forth another candidate for his seat. This is why you need term limits for all positions. I'll humor Supreme Court arguments, but uh, I'm, I'm on the side of term limits for Supreme Court. <laughs> Let's see. 
while his opponent, Green Candidate, uh, I'm sorry, nothing against the Green Party, I just groan when I I hear about them. I like what you do with other politicians, though. Now, I'm kidding. Kidding. That's not okay. Anyway, Green Candidate, uh, Quinia Zarch Livingston, Dr. Livingston? Hmm. Accounted for more than 14% of the vote, DeLuca's victory was triggered, or has triggered, a special election that will be held at a later date. Quote, while we were incredibly saddened by the loss of Representative Tony DeLuca, we are proud to see the voters continue to show their confidence in him and his, con- <laughs> his commitment to the democratic values by re-electing him posthumously, the Pennsylvania House Democratic Campaign Committee said in a tweet. A special election will follow soon. Oof. Oof. Now let's move on. Let's move on. And now let's hop into some midterm updates. <laughs> In the Georgia race between Warlock, Warnock, sorry, and Walker, it heads to a runoff. We go over to Market Watch for our article here because they're the article most recent with a high factuality rating. This one that I noticed is I can't. Oh. Oh, that's new. These other ones, even though there's a whole bunch of outlets talking about it, was not. Oh, okay. What the hell's going on? Weird. There's something going on with the. Uh, it's called the hitbox. But anyway, it's the newest article. Center bias. Market watches where we go for our article right here on the Georgia Senate race update. <clears throat> Georgia Senate race. When is the runoff election between Raphael Warnock and Herschel Walker? The race was too close to call on Wednesday, with neither Democrat Senator Raphael Warnock nor Republican challenger Herschel Walker getting the 50% of the vote required to claim victory under Georgia law. This article is by, by, it's by Nicole Lynn Hirsch. Moving on, it looks like we may not know whether Democrats or Republicans control the U.S. Senate until next month after all. That's because the pivotal Georgia Senate race between incumbent Democrat Senator Raphael Warnock and Republican challenger Herschel Walker remains too close to call on Wednesday, and neither candidate appeared poised to clear the 50% vote. Gabriel Sterling, a top elections official under Georgia Secretary of State, Brad Rafschenberger, tweeted, quote, We feel it is safe to say that there will be a runoff for the U.S. House, or U.S. Senate, my apologies, here in Georgia, slated for December 6th, by Gabriel Sterling, while county officials are still doing the detailed work on counting the votes, we need to, or uh, we feel it is safe to say there will be a runoff, uh, runoff for the U.S. Senate here in Georgia, slated for December sixth. Yeah, I, I disagree with the entire sentiment here. Georgia Senate require, or Georgia requires a clear majority to win statewide officials, meaning statewide office, meaning. That even if one candidate claims more votes, they won't be declared the winner if they haven't drawn at least 50% of the vote. And 
with nearly all reported results still showing a close race with less than a percentage point separating the two lead candidates, along with Libertarian candidate Chase Oliver also drawing votes, it became clear that neither Warnock nor Walker was likely to surpass that 50% threshold. So Georgia law demands a runoff election between the top two vote-getters four weeks later, which will land on December 6th. The Associated Press reported Wednesday afternoon that the two candidates would advance to a runoff election. Warnock also tweeted early Wednesday morning that he was ready to go another round against Walker next month. Quote, whether we need to work all night through tomorrow or for the next or for four more weeks, we will do what we need to bring this home, he tweeted. Here we have from uh, Reverend Raphael Warnock, you know, that uh, pro-abortion, you know, well-known for being uh, pro-abortion reverends. Here's what we know. When they're finished counting, we are going to have to, re- we are going to have received more votes than my opponent. And whether we need to work all night through tomorrow or for four more weeks, we will do what we need to bring this home. And Walker, a celebrity athlete turned politician, told his supporters during an election night party, quote, I didn't I don't come to lose. So how would a Georgia runoff race work? Well, there will be another four week campaign blitz. I like what you did there. For Warnock and Walker. Which will draw the attention of of a nation waiting to see whether Democrats hang on to the Senate control. There will be even more spending and more political ads. The campaigning could get heated. Then Georgia voters will turn to the polls on December 6th to vote for either Warnock or Walker. This is similar to the state of play in 2020 when there were two Senate runoff elections in Georgia. That were also pivotal to the U.S. Senate control. In those elections, Democrat Warnock and Senator Joe Azoff beat their incumbent Republican opponents. The left that left the Senate divided in an even 50-50 split between Republicans and Democrat, with Vice President Kamala Harris giving the Democrats a tie-breaking vote to just edge out the GOP to take control of the 100-seat chamber. And that is the end of this article. All articles and things used in this episode will be in the description below. Moving on. Moving on. We head on over to Fox News for an update from Carrie Lake herself about what's going on in the elections in Arizona. This article is from November 10th at midnight. It is 4 o'clock right now on the dot as of recording. Carrie Lake slams chaotic Arizona election tabulation as she closes gaps on Hobbs. Maricopa County, well-known Maricopa County, that also had a bunch of ballot machines issues, a bunch of ballot machine issues this time around as well. Maricopa County officials and her opponent as Secretary of State are incompetent, she says. Yeah, well, the candidate running for office is also in charge of the election. Bit unfortunate. We have a clip here from Tucker Carlson to watch. Let's check it out. 
percentage of all votes cast yesterday have still not been cast. So we're continuing to hear we're going to get more vote totals from Arizona, as you just heard. A huge percentage of all votes cast yesterday have still not been counted. If we get those numbers this hour, of course, we will tell you. We're going to go to Carrie Lake, who is running for the governor of Arizona, one of the most watched races in the country. She joins us now. Carrie Lake, thanks so much for coming on. Where do you think you are in this? Uh, well, I, I feel 100% certain I'm going to win. The question is, how big will that win be? Can you believe this, Tucker? We still have 650,000 votes that have not been counted. And guess who these voters are? They're the people who showed up on election day. They're the people, 275,000 of them are people who brought their mail-in ballots to the polls on election day because they don't trust the mail and they don't trust the drop boxes. So guess who those voters are? There are voters. And we're only down by a few thousand votes right now. When those votes come in, I think we're going to see a lot of liberal minds kind of blowing up. Uh, this seems, I, I mean, I'm not alleging a crime, but broadly speaking, it's just criminal to screw it up this badly. Like, did anyone know this was going to happen? Are you confident that it's on the level? It's just so outrageous. What is this? I'm not shocked at all. I mean, they've been calling me an election denier. I've been sounding the alarm on 2020, November 3rd election, which was disastrous. And we had problems in the August second primary as well. And now we have the same problems. They have all this time to get this figured out. And you know where the main problems are? 20% of those machines went down, the tabulator machines. And I noticed they were primarily in Republican areas of town, Arcadia, Anthem, a lot of different areas. It was really a shame. We ended up voting in a very liberal part of town because we can choose which vote center to go to. And they said they'd had no problems. The bigger issue is we can't keep having this problem. This is what I've been trying to say. I want all Democrats, independents, and Republicans to trust in the system. And when I win, and trust me, we will win this, this is going to be top of my agenda. Day one, I'm going to take my hand off the Bible. We're issuing a declaration of invasion at the border. And I'm getting my lawmakers, I'm getting the legislators to a special session to change our elections so that they are fair, honest, and transparent. And we get rid of those machines that are not reliable and, and really... Um, Obviously, we saw what kind of problems they can cause. Well, it's insane. If you're serious about elections, you vote on paper ballots, right? You don't use electronic voting right. machines. France doesn't. I mean, this is, if we really wanted secure elections, we could have them, don't you think? Yeah, you count on, you, you don't have election season, you have election day, paper ballots, and you count them right there in the precinct. Harmeet talked about how they went to the vote centers a couple of years ago doing, during COVID. We used to vote at our churches and schools in small precincts. Well, when COVID struck, we couldn't vote at churches and schools because they were shut down. It forced us into these big vote centers where it's a lot easier to have problems. We're going to go back to small precincts where it's easier to detect problems and easier to fix them. And it'll be easier to hand count votes as well. These are some of the things I'd like to see happen. I'll work with the legislature. The U.S. Constitution says our lawmakers, our state lawmakers are the ones who are to determine our election laws. And I know we're ready to solve this problem. We're sick of being the embarrassment that Maricopa County has made us become, and we won't yeah. do another election like this. Amen. If you care about democracy, you need to convince people it's on the level. And what happened in Maricopa County yesterday does not. Carrie Lake, I appreciate yes. it uh, so much. Good luck. Thank you. Let me turn the volume off because Fox News does like to start suddenly playing videos very loudly in the corner. 
Moving on, Arizona gubernatorial nominee Carrie Lake called out Maricopa County and statewide officials for what she said has been another messed up electoral procedure in the Grand Canyon state. Lake, a former Arizona Fox affiliate reporter, said she is still 100% certain she will win, criticizing the fact that as of 6.30 p.m. uh, Mountain Time, 650,000 votes have yet to be counted. Quote, the question is, how big will that win be? Can you believe this? She said. She said. Lake said the votes yet to be counted came from election day on site votes, including many, as many as 275,000 mail-in ballots. And voters decided to ensue to the poll uh, with, sorry, decided to ensue the postal service to bring in person. Let's see, we have a. Let's see. Quote Those are people who brought their mail in ballots to the polls on election day because they don't trust the mail and they don't trust the drop boxes, she said. Quote We're only down by a few thousand votes right now. When we get when those votes come in, I think we're going to see a lot of liberal minds kind of blowing up. Now what's this clip here? By the way, Fetterman should demand it. If he's not the nominee of the Democratic Party in two years, it's an ableist party and a racist one. John Fetterman, 2024. So, not to brag, but we thought Governor Ron DeSantis was doing interesting things a year and a half ago when we sat down with him for about an hour and asked him questions that weren't, strictly speaking, related to politics, including what do you think makes a good leader? And so we dug up the tape because we thought it was relevant to what happened last night. Here it is. That's the midterms. I think leadership matters and willingness to take decisive, strong action without being worried about your own shadow really makes a difference. I'll talk about the first part of my term and then more recently with COVID. All right, we're going to wrap this article up and then come back to that. That's a four-minute clip. After another drop of a trench of votes from 650,000, Lake was asked who she would put the onus on for this delay in potential confusion and potential confusion. Lake pointed to her opponent, Democrat Katie Hobbs, who, as incumbent Secretary of State, is the statewide official in charge of overseeing election operations. She also criticized Maricopa County record uh, recorder Stephen Richer, a fellow Republican, as incompetent. The remarks reported by Phoenix Media Richard defended Maricopa's elections of uh, operations, explaining that the... I realize I have a harder time reading when it's so bright. Let me turn this down. <clears throat> explaining that the 275,000 early ballots dwarfed the 170,000 early ballots the county received during the 2020 presidential elections. Quote, this number is immense. He reportedly said, adding, the increased turnout for midterms elections restricted the amount of officials tabulation reporting 
that could be made within the first 24 to 48 hours. Quote, last night, we were down 15 points. Now we're down less than one point. Lake later said, quote, when I started voting in 1988, you showed up on election day and you knew who won the election before you went to bed. True. Lake said, the 2000 election was the start of an annual of annual electoral chaos when the Bush Gore race became forever associated with paper ballots, hanging chads, and the book Brooks Brothers riots, demonstrating at Miami canvassing headquarters that what headquarters that was associated with political figures like GOP consultant Roger Stone quote. I don't want all Democrats, independents, and Republicans to trust to trust in the system. And when I win, this is going to be top of my agenda, Lake said, calling on the return of the machineless voting and paper ballots. Completely agree. Now let's check out this clip here from Ron Ren DeSentimonious. When I became governor. I fired Scott Israel, the sheriff of Broward County, who yep. had mishandled the Parkland massacre the year before. Uh, I uh, fired Susan Booker, the Palm Beach County supervisor of elections, who had botched a number of elections, and then also got Brenda Snipes from Broward County to resign. So those were very quick, decisive actions, and the results were, well, at least with the elections, we had one of the smoothest elections in the country in 2020. Uh, people at the time, it was considered controversial, but it was the right thing to do. Fast forward to COVID, you know, I had to make a lot of decisions that cut against the grain of conventional elite opinion, certainly the media. We took incoming every single day, uh, but you make the decisions, you know, you know why you're doing it, you stand your ground, and now we're in a situation where March of 2021, states wish they could have had Florida's performance. I mean, our unemployment rate is 4.8%. States like California are 9%. Our COVID mortality is less than the national average, even though we have the oldest population in the country. And we've had schools open, one of only three or four states in the country, where 100% of our parents have access to in-person education. And so we got the big things right in the moment. There was a lot of people that were, were throwing stones at us. But take the action, stand your ground, and hold the line. So you went to Harvard, you went to Yale, you were a naval officer, you served in Congress for six years, you've certainly been around a lot of elite institutions, you ignored them as they criticized you. Of course, yes. Why? And I, well, first of all, uh, when I first went to Yale, I grew up in Florida, yeah. I was a blue collar kid, I showed up my first day in jean shorts and a t-shirt, because that's what we wore yeah. on the west coast of Florida, it was a major culture shock, that was not something that, that was received very warmly, and, and I never quite fit in there, and it was a total culture shock to me, and, and I really rebelled against the, the leftist orthodoxy that I saw on that campus, um, and then I, when I see those in other institutions and so I've always had a really strong distrust of some of the elites in American society because I think they've gotten a lot of things wrong over the years and so that was actually natural I don't seek the approval uh, of elites I got elected by people here in Florida those are the folks that, that I was elected to serve and I don't really care what people in the Beltway or New York City think about what we're doing in Florida it's just interesting because people who I don't you see it a lot people come from some little town out in the provinces and they show up at a place like Yale or Harvard Law School they become a naval officer which I think is maybe not that different it is an elite institution and they decide, you know, this is the world I really love. These are the values that I believe. It sounds like you came away from your experiences more contemptuous. And, and appreciate where I came from, quite frankly. 
I mean, I remember going to Yale, sitting in class. I had never heard anybody criticize America. Like, the, everything was, was about how bad America was in any of these classes. I never heard anybody, I'd go to church, you know, I never heard anyone criticize God or, or, or Christian. And it just, it was also, you know, Yale's motto is for God, for country, for Yale. They hated God, they hated the country, and they obviously had a, had a weird way about going their institution. So seeing that was really eye-opening, and I realized very early on, this is not quite where, where I personally fit in. And that is that. We now move on from here to the next article. The next article. Now, this will be the last article for this upload. There will be another upload going up today, which will be a run-through of who won governors and who won Senate seats. Uh, we'll, we'll also do a Trump report card when it's all come out in the wash. Again, on the state level... You know, Trump. A lot of Trump candidates didn't make it, but overall, I, I it doesn't seem like Trump had that big of a, a of a win loss ratio here. He seems like he had a lot of decent wins. Now, right here is an interesting thing because Pennsylvania was a really weird endorsement. There was a very America First, Second Amendment strong candidate who was a populist running for office, and on top of that, she was also a person of color. She would have been the full package for a Trump endorsement and would have decimated Fetterman in a way that Oz never could. Now, Oz on the debate wasn't terrible. You know, I've, I've, it actually kind of made me like him more if I'm being completely genuine. But I don't feel like this election would have gone any differently. I, I predicted Oz losing up until the debate happened. And when the debate happened, then some polls showed Oz taking like, you know, a one-point lead or you know, a uh, you know, a small little little nudge ahead. I was like, all right, maybe Oz could do it. And then Oz did not end up pulling it off. But again, a lot of election machines were going. A lot of election stuff was going on there. Polls were just shutting down suddenly. Doors were being closed. People were being asked to leave, kicked out. People were running out of ballots and having to drive to go pick up new ballots to bring them back to the vote. People were, writing, were told to write down who they were going to vote for on a piece of paper and put it in a box. We covered all that in our yesterday episode. Again, the link will be in the description below. Very first link. Now, Trump claims DeSantis less popular and blames Melania over Dr. Oz endorsement. Now, we're only really reading this for the Dr. Oz endorsement thing. And you will find out very quickly that this is just a grapevine rumor thing. Now, I think the Trump versus DeSantis thing is a major astroturf. It's a distraction and a diversion, something that doesn't ultimately matter that much in the grand scheme of things. And I don't think it's as deep, fam, as the media wants you to think it really is. So let's move on to this. Mr. Trump, not former President Trump, Mr. Trump is reportedly blaming his wife, Melania Trump, for advising him to back Mehmet Oz in the Pennsylvania Senate race. Dr. Oz has called Democrat John Fetterman a... Oh, sorry. Has called Democrat John Fetterman to concede the race. I gotta turn my brightness down. Is that what it is? My monitor is super bright. I had the bulb recently replaced in my Apple desktop. My eyes get burned out and it gets hard to read. <clears throat> Pardon me. Dr. Oz has called Democrat John Fetterman to concede the race. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis has been dubbed the new leader of the GOP after his resounding re-election. Again, he wouldn't have been elected in the first place if it wasn't for the Trump endorsement. And Trump endorsed him 
going into the re-election campaign and even voted for him publicly and said he would vote for him multiple times. Again, I don't buy the Trump DeSantis astroturfed beef. I think that is completely a, a mainstream narrative trying to be in the works because they try to demonize DeSantis and this whole thing with the Oz Trump blaming his wife thing is, is really he said she said from Robert Gather, but that's why we're here to read it. There's only one article so far talking about this. And it's that bastion of mixed factuality. It says high factuality, and the Independent has been busting on a lot of stuff. But high factuality, it passes ground news test. It's also the only source I have on this story, so let's move on. Two, the Independent for the last article in today's upload. Trump, Trump News Live. Trump insists DeSantis is less popular as he blames Melania for midterm flop. Yeah, as soon as uh, he uh, as soon as he endorsed Mehmet Oz, I remember Jack Posobiec laid up every social media platform with clips of Oz celebrating transitioning kids, pushing hormone blockers on children, all kinds of crazy stuff. And this article is by Lo Dodds, Andrew Natai, Oliver O'Connell, and Gustav Killinder. Killinder has a really cool name. This article is from one hour ago as of recording right now, and it's 420. You know what that means, guys? 420. Hear that noise? If you know, you know. As the one and only sleazy P. Martini would say, that's some good bug juice. Former President President urged to delay uh, 2024 announcement as Republicans perform worse than expected in midterms, but they still are winning and won the midterms. Fascinating. It's absolutely... It wasn't the blowout... Again, we, we covered this already in the beginning of the episode. Everything I said in the beginning... Oh, I am. Uh, give me one second. Give me one second. These suckers think I'm going to pay for their article. Huh. A furious Donald Trump spent the morning after the midterm elections lashing out at those he believed gave him bad advice as several of the candidates he endorsed in pivotal races came up short only seven. Mind you. Mind you, he, ins- he endorsed a governor in practically every state he in- I think it was only two states he didn't endorse a governor candidate. And he endorsed a Senate candidate. He endorsed a Senate candidate in every single state. Not to mention a series of other, you know, elect- people running for offices in different positions all across this country he endorsed. Overwhelmingly, Trump had a pretty decent win. The whole uh, Trump's candidates just lost seems to be a major astroturf. Especially if uh, Herschel Walker and Carrie Lake win. If Carrie Lake wins, that's a much big, much more important election with a Trump-endorsed candidate than you'd ever believe. Now, I might be wrong, but I'm pretty certain. Alright. Alright, I thought so. I was just double-checking. Yep, Carrie Lake did, did get the Trump endorsement. But let's move on. Mr. Trump is reportedly blaming his wife, Melania for advising him to back Mehmet Oz in the Pennsylvania Senate. I told you he was a terrible choice, and you said back him anyway. I don't get it. He wouldn't he, he would even take monoclonal antibodies. The pussy. But no, again, I, I, I hate that Trump has always pushed it off. Ultimately, dude, 
you are the one that decides to take her counsel. And it's not the first time. You, you know, you took your daughter's advice and it prolonged the Yemen conflict. Like, I, I don't know. I, I, this is something I, I really do not like about Trump. It's one of my big holdups about him. For example, Bolton and Barr. He has a habit of putting really bad people in his corner and assigning an over um, an over amount of confidence to their counsel. When I'm sure talking to his wife is very important, you know. But what the fuck did she say? And again, from everything I've gathered outside of this article, it's this is more of a rumor mill type of article. We don't know if it's true or not. And the clips I've seen of Trump. He doesn't seem to be lashing out. In fact, I just saw his thing on Truth Social. We'll read it after we read this art after we get through this article. He's posted a video where he addresses it, and he's like, eh, you know, it, a lot of wins, a lot of losses. It is what it is. And we'll look at these responses because, again, none of this seems to really line up with what's actually going on behind the closed doors of Trump. Sorry, but I'm 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 sure they they're they're having some kind of beef behind the scene. The fact that he backed Mehmet Oz is just mind boggling. <laughs> but Trump's nepotism often does back him into a fucking corner because he's appointed terrible people under the counsel of people he thought he could trust. Dr. Oz has called Democrat John Fetterman to concede the race. Quote, Trump is indeed furious this morning, particularly about Mehmet Oz, and is blaming everyone who advised him to back Oz, including his wife, describing it as her not best, as not her best decision According to people close him. And there you go. According to people close him. According to an unnamed source. Sources are, trust me, bro. Fuck you. Mr. Haberman added that there are people urging Mr. Trump to reschedule his expected 2024 presidential campaign announcement that's currently expected to occur next week on the 15th. Don't know why I don't see that here, but it's scheduled for the 15th. Meanwhile, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis has been dubbed the new leader of the GOP after his resounding re-election. Quote, it would appear this morning that this is Ron DeSantis' party, not Donald Trump's party. Willie Geist said on MSNBC. And now we're going to hop over to Truth Social. Now, there is more to this article, but it's really going into timeline of, of the midterms and i would don't want to go too deeply into the ron DeSantis trump thing because that's going to be his own episode later on this is already running just shy of going to be an hour so now let's hop over to truth social shall we social shall we so your sources are telling me or telling you to tell me that trump behind the scenes is flipping tables and throwing fucking hissy fits and all mad at his wife and stuff by the way can we just admit that Trump is really batting out of his league. His wife is fucking stunning. Always thirsts on the podcast. You know what I mean? It's getting be hot out here. Now, right here, just from two hours ago, 209 wins against 16 losses in, in the general election. And yet the fake news writes only <clears throat> under-recognizable junk. No wonder they are all doing so badly. Right here from two hours ago. Incredible how dishonest the fake news media is. The failing New York Times has the failing New York Times has gone crazy. 
So many of the people I endorsed went on to victory on Tuesday night. Nobody was even close. And they literally make up stories refusing to write the fact. And only quoting enemies and losers. Um, Almost all the people I endorsed won. Yet, if only you read the stories from two Trump-hating writers who only do as they are told, you would not even recognize the truth. The truth, uh, <clears throat> they truly are the enemy of the people. Now that the election night in Florida is over and everything went quite well, shouldn't it be said that the 2020, <laughs> in 2020 I got 1.1 million more votes in Florida than Ron D got this year? 5.7 million to 4.6 million. Just asking. Is that an attack? Maybe. Or is he saying, hey, uh, shouldn't he have gotten more votes? Let's face it, dude knows that people fled to Florida in droves for Ron DeSantis. Because of Ron DeSantis, people fled to Florida. Fled to Florida. That's his tongue cartwheel. So he's probably, he could easily just right now be asking, so, uh, shouldn't he have gotten more votes than that? How did I get more votes last year, or two years ago, than he got right now? I'm just saying, you can look at that either way. I definitely can see the combative angle of that, too. <clears throat> While in certain ways, yesterday's election was somewhat disappointing, from my personal standpoint, it was a very big victory. 219 wins and 16 losses in the general election. Who has ever done better than that? I don't know what to tell you. He seems to be in great spirits. He was tweeting the whole time. The whole time. Just living it up. Having a fucking blast. This is going to be the last video we watch on this episode of Inside Four Walls. Well, at least for this part right here. And there will be more episodes coming up today. There will be a lot of archived episodes. Uh, he uploaded this yesterday to the great people of Ari- to the great people of Arizona. Don't leave the line until you vote. Now, this published after I uh, did my episode yesterday about some weird shit going on at the polls. So let's watch it now. To the great people of Arizona, Maricopa County in particular, don't leave your line. Stay where you are. They say that the machines aren't working. They say that they're running out of paper in different locations throughout different states. There's a lot of bad things going on. Stay online, do not leave. I know you don't want to be there as long as they're going to try and force you. They want to delay you out of voting and you cannot let them delay you out of voting. So to the people of Arizona in particular, because that's the one that's come up right now, Stay online, don't leave. Already a lot of people have left and it's very, very unfair what's going on. Maricopa County, don't leave, stay there. All right. So, you heard the man. We'll be keeping an eye on these states as they go off and they'll be following the Herschel Walker Warnock runoff election at a runoff debate and election as it goes on. And we'll get to another episode covering the astroturfing between 
the media-driven beef between Ron DeSantis and Donald Trump. Next episode will all be about Silicon Valley going bankrupt and firing tons of staff, however. Please come back here at noon for that upload. I shall catch you guys. Wait. Noon. Actually, come back at 2. Sorry, I forgot. Archive episodes are going up now, so my schedule is a little goofy. Uh, come back at 2 for exclusive update updates on... Government is not the solution to our problem. Government is the problem.